Let's just pray for a moment, shall we? Lord, may you give us eyes to see, ears to hear, minds to understand the depth of your love, the wonder of your creation, and help us to see the part that you have laid out for us in the great story of this world. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. Um, it's warm, isn't it? And however warm you are, I'm warmer because I'm wearing all black. <laughs> and uh, the first service, I had my robes on as well, so I'm like really drained of all the electrolytes and things like that you need. Um, but it's a wonderful reminder, isn't it, actually, of the power and the beauty of creation. I hope that you've had an opportunity to be outside this week, just being outside in the world that God created. And this time in our church's year is the season of creation, a time when we focus on the idea, we focus on creation, our part in it, um, what responsibilities we have to it as well. And so the reading this morning is from Genesis chapter 1, the first chapter of the Bible, where it spells out, tells the story of creation. In fact, it's less of a story, it's more of a song, actually. They, that's what uh, most Bible commentators think now, that this was kind of the words to a hymn, if you imagine it. On the first day of creation, the true God made for us. You know, night and day, it doesn't really roll off the tongue in the same way as the 12 days of Christmas, but that's the idea. It's got this, uh, it's got this um, wonderful rep repeating refrain uh, where it says, on the whatever day, on the first day, on the second day, God said, let there be light, let there be uh, water above and below, which means sky and sea, let there be land, let there be fish and birds, let there be creatures crawling along the earth, let there be, let us there be something made in our own image, male and female. Uh, and then God says, uh, from the third day onwards, he says, and God saw that it was good, there was evening, there was morning, the end of the first day, second day, whatever, it has this repeating pattern. And actually there's this uh, wonderful symmetry as well. The first three days of creation, it's almost as though God makes three kind of habitats, three arenas where different things can live. So the first three days he creates light and dark, night and day. Uh, he creates, uh, the, se the second day he creates the water above and below, sky and sea. He creates, uh, and then the third day he creates land. And then if you map onto that, so one, two, three, the fourth day he creates something to live in the, the light and the dark. So he creates the sun, the moon, the stars. Then on the fifth day, he creates something to live in the sky and the sea. He creates fish to live in the sea and birds to live in the sky. And then the third, uh, the sixth day, he creates something to live on the land. He creates the beasts of the fields, the insects, all that crawls along the ground. And finally, of course, he creates the humans. And it's really important to know that the humans we share our creation on the same day as the animals. And that is to tell us, although that we have this special role in creation, we're the only thing made in God's image, we are still created. We are still part 
of everything that is around us. We're not something that's taken from somewhere else. We're not aliens. We're not uh, something made specially different. The only thing that is different from us is that we bear the image of God. And this is a, um, this vision, this song is painting a story of order, of a world that will work because everything is just right in its right place. And uh, there's lots of conversation about how this passage will fit with our modern understandings of science. Fundamentally, they are telling us the same thing. We have, we know there's this idea of what the, the Goldilocks, um, I can't remember, the Goldilocks theory, I think it's called, the Goldilocks something or other. The idea that life on this planet can only survive because everything is just right. If we were a little bit closer to the sun, it would be too hot. If we were a little bit further away from the sun, it would be too cold for life. Everything and all the conditions that create life are so intricate. If anything was slightly different, there just wouldn't be the conditions for life on earth. And that is what the creation story is saying as well, that everything is joined up together. Everything is joined up. There is a habitat and a space for every creature, and every creature needs what's around it. And we know that, don't we, from the diversity of ecosystems. We hear, don't we, that if all the bees die, we're completely snookered. And, you know, ecosystems are going to collapse because each little creature, each little part of creation has this intricate role to play in order for everything to survive. And that is why climate change is such a threat to life on Earth. Because you start tinkering too much with the conditions and suddenly things start to fall apart. And that is the world that God created. And God created it and said it was good. He said every day was good until the sixth day when he looked at his completed creation and he said it's very good. In fact, in, in Hebrew, the way it's written uh, is they don't have a word for very. When they want to say something's you know, extra, they say it twice. So, good, good. So, and the Lord saw that it was good, good, double good, very good, extra good. He saw how everything fits together and belongs. And then we get to the seventh day. And this is what I want us to, to talk about mostly today, to think about the seventh day, because we don't talk about it that often anymore. And that is the what God does on the seventh day, or what God doesn't do on the seventh day. What does God not do on the seventh day? Work. Yeah. It says God rested from what he was doing, or God ceased from his work of creating. And there's, there's something about this, I think, because God clearly, as the all-powerful creator of the universe, to be honest, what's God done? He's just spoken. You know, he said six things, let there be light, there was light. God is not tired by the seventh day. He doesn't need a rest the way that you and I might need a rest after a busy week where we're just like, <gasps> just like, you know, kicking, kicking the shoes off, get the telly on, you know, fall asleep, have a nap on the couch when you're meant to be doing something else. He's not tired. He rests so that he can enjoy what he has made. On the seventh day, God does his work, and then instead of going right on to the next thing, 
he enjoys what he has made. God allows himself to be fully present to the creation that he has made. He looks at it and he enjoys it. And this is a really important thing for us to understand about the doctrine of creation. What we believe about the world we live in. Fundamentally, it is both very good and something that God has made for us to enjoy. And God seeing what people we are and what people we've become points this out to us. He says, you can very easily get caught up with everything that's going on, but you don't enjoy it. You don't enjoy it. You don't stop and you don't look and you don't have that moment of being present to the world that they have created. So God gives to the people a Sabbath. He gives it first as a, a day that he blesses and then later on, as we know in the Bible story, he gives it as a command, one of the Ten Commandments, to say, on the seventh day, stop. Stop whatever else you're doing and enjoy. And it's partly about resting for our bodies because we are not God. We, we can't go on forever, okay? We have to work hard at things and our bodies get tired. It's partly about rest for us. But it's also partly about having time where we park everything else. And all we focus on is just being creatures, being what God has made us to be and the world that we're in. Our worries, our concerns, we put them to the side. And it's actually when we do that that we truly rest. And this isn't the same as a day off. Okay, a day off is if you work, a day off you're not at work, or a day off from all your other stuff. You know, we all, each of us, each of us work, don't we? Even if we're, whether we're paid for it or not, we have stuff that we do that we have to do to survive, to keep going, all that kind of stuff. It's not a day off because a day off is a day for go doing the shopping, isn't it? A day for doing the cleaning, all that kind of stuff. It's not a day off. It is a Sabbath, a day which is solely put aside to spend time with God and in his creation. Put aside the worries. Don't do anything about them. And this practice of Sabbath is one that's practiced still today by Jews. Um, in fact, Naomi and I once uh, went to do a, a, a Sabbath day with some family members of ours who were Jewish. And we went there and it's, and it's like no electricity, no TV, no nothing, no cooking. The food is all prepared beforehand. They literally just bring it out and you, and you serve it and then you eat it. And in one sense you think, gosh, that's going to be incredibly boring. <laughs> but actually, when you get into it, it is so restful. Because anything you, you're thinking, oh, I just oh, I forgot to do this. Oh, I'm thinking about that. There's nothing you can do about it on that day. There's nothing you can do about it at all. You can't, oh, I'm just going to ring. Oh, I've just got something on Monday. It would really help if I phoned them now. You can't do it. You're not allowed. And it forces you to rest. Now, in, in the church, we sort of, the idea of Sabbath has, has been changed a little bit because of Jesus. 
and there's a whole complicated theology and conversation, which I'm not going to have this morning about that, okay? And it, of course, moved from the, the seventh day of the week to the first day of the week, Sunday. But still that idea remains that there needs to be time where we take a break from all that we're doing the rest of the time in order to spend time with God and to spend time with creation, to play, to enjoy ourselves. That principle is still there for us. And so, I guess there's, there's three things that I think, because we now live in a society which doesn't respect the Sabbath. It doesn't have a Sabbath. We just work, you know, everything's open all the time, basically. Things close early on the Sunday, don't they? But generally, things happen all the time. Um, we don't set up in a way that enables, like, the whole country to have a Sabbath together the way we used to. Um, and that's just the way it is. And therefore, each of us has to kind of figure that out for ourselves. We can't always come, it can't always be on a Sunday for us. Sometimes we've got to work, sometimes there's other stuff happening. You know, football now never used to be on a Sunday, it is on a Sunday. All that kind of stuff. Everything's happening. The internet is there all the time, isn't it? We can, we can, if we, if we want to do some shopping, even if the shop's closed, we can get it online, can't we, whenever we want. We're in a 24 7 economy, a 24-7 culture, how do we have that Sabbath as Christians? And so I think there's sort of three ways that I want us to think about this. The first is on the personal level, the second is on the church level, and the third is thinking about what kind of message do we have for the culture we live in as a church. The first is on a personal level, okay? When we don't have an organized Sabbath, which we don't in this country, We've got to figure it out for ourselves. We've got to make sure that we have some time which we are giving over as a Sabbath. A time where we can be present to God, and present to his creation without anything else. A time when we play with other people. Okay, Sabbath, part of Sabbath, I think games are a big part of the Sabbath, okay? Sport and enjoyment are part of the Sabbath, okay? They're part of that just playing. There's no reason for doing them other than enjoyment. We need to find that time and we need to make it work for us and our situation. And that's hard, I know, because it's not organized together and we've got competing demands. It means that we're probably on different, different Sabbath times with, diff with, with other people. Can we find that time where actually we're recognizing that we're just going to put everything aside or lay down all our burdens, all the things we've got going and saying, no, this time is time for rest. This time is time for God. This time is time for other people. This time is time to play and not to work, whatever our work is. second thing for us is as a church how can we provide that sanctuary so that people are able to rest in God how can we make what we do here 
a protected space and a protected time for people when they come to church? How can we be a community that helps each other to rest when we're here? And obviously when we're here, we do work to an extent that we serve one another, but also actually as a church, as a community, when, our, when we're here, can this be Sabbath time for us? And there will be people who cannot come at this time on a Sunday morning to be part of that Sabbath time. So we need to think creatively about we, how we help those who want to be part of our community to have that Sabbath time, whether it's through the groups that we have or some of the other stuff that we do. How can we help people to have that Sabbath time? And the third thing I want that, that for us to think about today is about the fact we live in this 24-7 economy, 24-7 culture. And we also live in a culture that is very unequal. It's much easier to have a Sabbath if you've got lots of money. It's much easier to have Sabbath if you're in control of when you do things and when you don't things. When you're in control of when you work and when you don't work. It is much harder to live a Sabbath life when you have, don't have that control. It is much harder to enjoy creation when you have no means of transport. It is much harder to enjoy creation when the environment you live in is not looked after and tended and cultivated. There is an issue of justice in the teaching of the Sabbath. That actually the world God created was one for all his children to enjoy. And we live in a world where some can enjoy it more than others, where some have so many precious demands and restrictions put on their lives that they are unable to enjoy the fruits that God created. And so the message of the Sabbath, the message of creation is not just one of the environment, but also one of how we live as a culture. And so our, our efforts in challenging injustice in our society stem not just from what Jesus said but also from this idea of the Sabbath that actually the world God's creation is for every one of his children to enjoy and can we build a society which enables everyone to do that it's something that we can't fix by ourselves. We, we can't go out, great, we're heading out all 40 of us this morning and we're going to go and fix every problem in our country. But it's something we can pray for. It is something that we can make our own uh, small actions, the things that we do, like the food pantry, is part of trying to help others to, to enjoy the fruits of God crea God's creation, even when they are struggling financially. We can do it through campaigning and making our voice heard in elections. But beyond that, there's the, uh, the Right to Food March, the Hunger March next weekend. God has given us the gift of this world and he wants us to enjoy it. And it might be that we, as I'm talking, you're thinking, 
gosh, I'm not sure I do get those opportunities. I don't think I get much time. I'm constantly go, 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 go on. My mind is always on this, this, and this, and this. I never really notice the goodness of the world around me. Well, then maybe there's just a, a challenge here this morning to hear God's offer of a Sabbath. And sometimes we might just have to take those active steps and just put in those boundaries. It might not be a, you might not be able to manage a whole day. It might not be the same day every week. But can we take those steps to say, actually, this is the moment when I stop all the things, all the things of my agenda and allow this time to be God's time, to be creation's time, to be Sabbath time. I invite you just to close your eyes for a moment. God, we thank you that you have created this world to be good, to be good, good, to be very good. And we thank you that you've not only made it good, but you've made it for us to be enjoyed, for life to be enjoyed. And amidst all the hardships and the work and the stress and the things that we carry with us, Lord, we pray that you would teach us how to put those things aside for periods of a time each week so that we can see things as they are that we might see that goodness as well, and that, that we might enjoy it and feel that joy within us. And Lord, we pray for those who, for whom their situation means they just, they are not able to do this. We pray, Lord, that we might work truly for justice. so that all your children will be able to enjoy all of your creation. Lord, help us as a church to be a group of people that is able to encourage one another in that time. That we might be a people who live a Sabbath lifestyle. all these things in your name. Amen. We're going to uh, to respond now by singing uh, God the